Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Podcasting from the top of the rocks. This is News on the Rocks with Patty Steele. So what we're drinking today is a little bit of Sweet Eddie Peach Vodka. Cheers. What did you tell me earlier? It felt like you were right. I feel like I'm actually in an orchard. Yeah. Picking peaches. Or a fruit salad. Or, yes. Exactly. But with plenty of alcohol. Or an alley. (laughs) I could could really be anywhere. This is so good. Lying in an alley outside the back of a bar. Why not? It's that or an orchard. I can't decide. With peaches and grain alcohol. Something. <laughs> no, it's really, yeah, it really is quite good. Because yeah. it's not, it doesn't like boil you over. It's not It goes cloying. down very smooth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not overly sweet. And I don't even drink. It's just been. Just saying. <laughs> so I've noticed. <laughs> You're a good Presbyterian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, today, and this is, and we have to be really careful, John, because what I don't want to do is come off as some kind of weird conspiracy theorist or, because what we're talking about are conspiracy theories, but we're not actually saying that we believe them necessarily. It's what we're hearing out there via anybody from the media to the dark web to, um, you know, we're hearing it on the street. You hear it from people all the time. All of these different conspiracies about where COVID-19 came from, about what people are doing about it or not doing about it. There's so much upset and so much is being fomented by politicians on both sides, by the media. So we're going to talk about all of that and give you the answers. <laughs> Can I ask you a question, though, right out of the gate? Yeah. Why do we have to say conspiracy? How come nobody is actually honestly saying, let's talk about the theories mm-hmm. of where this started? Isn't well, it absolutely vital that we find out where it started? Oh, uh, 100%. But the conspiracy angle, uh, first of all, um, a conspiracy is not necessarily some bizarre far left or far right thing it simply means that a group of people have kind of working together to push an agenda so that may or may not be the case i just find with the history of this horrible ordeal that we're going through right things keep changing all the time and Mm -hmm. i know this is a little off topic but the biggest thing that bowled me over was the first reported deaths in washington Mm -hmm. were not the first reported deaths Mm -hmm. i felt a long time ago that was corona was here before it was reported to be here. Now, I'm not indicting the journalist. I'm not indicting the scientist. But clearly, there's more evidence that it was here weeks or months before it was reported to be here. So if we can't have leeway and freedom mm-hmm. to say this is nebulous, there are many unknowns, I think when we just label people conspiracy they become wackos wackos they're wackos then they're just quickly dismissed it does and one of the leading ones is that it was created in a lab right remember how that was immediately dismissed right and now some people are saying 
well, it could happen, but it shouldn't have. You know, it's You're like, right. Don't buy into it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, wait a minute. Then, then are we opening the door back to that? Well, the potential's there, but it couldn't have been. There's all this ad hoc talk going on. And the way they try to break that down is they th- say things like, no, it was just the evolution of the SARS, uh, the well, coronavirus they call it SARS. SARS-2. Right. But did it evolve on its own? Did it change on its own? I mean, viruses do change. They mutate constantly. I mean, one of the things they're saying about this particular virus is even just as long as we've known it, it's mutated maybe eight times, but they said that's a very small amount, and it, it mutates so closely to its past mutations that they believe that once they come up with a vaccine, the vaccine actually might be good for multiple years because the uh, virus won't mutate as rapidly as, say, um, the regular flu does. So, I mean, listen... <laughs> Did it evolve in a in a lab? I don't know. I mean, I guess we should take a look at that. There's a lot of people, a lot of the reason that there are some politicians, including um, an unnamed president. Oh, wait, <laughs> there's only one president in the U.S. Um, he believes that that the World Health Organization is helping China keep quiet about what went on there. Well... What did Lincoln say about leadership yeah. in a time like this? Lincoln said, and I can quote him because you know me. And you Lincoln, love Lincoln. A leader must make whatever horrors exist concrete. Only then can people begin to break it apart. How can our leaders make whatever this is concrete when it's such a moving target? Mm-hmm. Can we trust China? Can we trust the numbers out of China? Right. Are we giving the numbers that are reported out of China too much weight? Well, what's interesting, you to circle back a little bit to what you were talking about earlier when you said that um, it may have been here way longer than we thought. Mm-hmm. Just uh, in the past week, New York State tested for antibodies yes. among random people. 20%? 21% in New York City. Have the antibodies. Have the antibodies. Which means they had it and are immune. Exactly. Correct? Correct. And 14% in the entire state. But here's the interesting thing. That was based on about 3,000 people who were just randomly selected at like um, grocery stores, places that are open right now. And one of the things they said, and the, the governor even said, was... These are people who are well enough that they're out in public. So there are other, many, many other people who, for whatever reason, aren't feeling safe or aren't feeling good enough to be out in public. So you got to think that the numbers are probably even higher than that. I see, but then this is going to go on. This this is all related to the the tracing they want to do. They want to mm-hmm. trace everybody. They want to track everybody. They want to see all the relationships. They want to right. But see that talk feeds fears that feed conspiracy theorists like the five G, right? Which leads to digital implants. Yeah. Well, one of the, I was reading an article um, in New Yorker magazine. And they said, the less you trust authority, the more you search for alternative authority. But, but I just want to address that. Yes, that's true. But 
can we give everybody a little bit of a break? Uh-huh. You know how emotionally upset everyone in my world is? Oh, I sure. mean, this is a devastating disease. Yesterday, in uh, everybody's working at home. I'm working downstairs, wife's working upstairs. I hear a scream. Ah. You know, a, like a, a scream of anguish. Right. Another friend died. Oh, you know, it's just, it's just this drumbeat of doom. And then, God forbid you turn the TV on and you see the flip side, which is the unemployment and the small business loans and the money that isn't there. This week. And, yeah, oh, and yeah. all of that. So I, I, I understand why people are looking and searching. I just wish both sides mm-hmm. could be a little more open. Aren't we all in this together? And couldn't there be... If, if, if someone has... Now, this 5G thing where it's transmitted through 5G... Mm-hmm. It kind of knocks me over. However, I have some friends that are scholars that are not fans of 5G. Oh, I have uh, friends in the medical industry that are not fans of 5G. This has been going on way before COVID. They have been setting fires. There are people who believe... Yes, over in London I saw that. Oh, they're all over Europe now. I mean, on Easter alone, 20... They don't like 5G. 20 towers were set on fire. Yeah. Uh, Now, there are people who say that 5G transmits the virus which is kind of ridiculous everybody pretty much says that's not the case but what if 5g makes the body more susceptible through emf or whatever well and yeah changing the the your the your cells so that they're more specifically targeting the cells so that they're more receptive to to this virus or to other viruses you know, i could say that sounds crazy and then just dismiss that but at the same time i uh, you know my daughter's actually studying 5g and the economic and the economic disparity that mm-hmm. all these new technologies bring they divide wealth they divide class right so there's like a scholarly approach to this uh-huh. but you know you just you say the word and then you're totally dismissed right Right. You know, the 5G can't conspiracy be theorist. Conspiracy theorist. <laughs> You're right. You're back back to conspiracy yeah. theories. It does have this wacko feeling, but um, but frequently based on something that um, may not be so wacky. And then 5G is related to Bill Gates, right? Yes. Is yeah. It? Because Bill Gates, this one I heard a long time ago, right. that he's funding the lab in China and right. that he's working with the World Health Organization and he's working. And so, you know... And that 5G was somehow, a lot of it was developed in Wuhan, China. Yes. And there are people who will show you, if you look at these conspiracies, that there is a map that core of where the, the most dense breakouts of COVID-19 have been. And it correlates to a map that shows you where the 5G towers are. Um, certainly over in in Europe and in um, Asia. Not necessarily here. I don't know how many 5G towers are in this Some area. Some people think 5G, the whole thing's just marketing anyway. Um, right. So, you know, that's an interesting thing, though. Now I'm, I'm having a college flashback. Correlation and relationship. What's the difference between... Because there can be a correlation, but right. that's not cause and effect. Right. Correlation, there's an it element just of so randomness. Right. Yeah. Well, first of all, if you think about it, 5G towers are probably from the get-go going to be in densely densely populated areas and densely populated areas are always if you go back centuries that's where any kind of a disease flourishes because of the closeness of the population so yes i mean 
it you, you can't really you'll compare them and you'll go whoa there there's the proof but it really isn't related but not causing yeah effect. or maybe not even related just so happens that density of population and density of the spread of the disease would correlate but See, and that just gets back to basic science of viral shedding right which is the length of time exposed to the virus that's right. why our death toll here you see spikes around Weddings, uh, uh, group meetings where people are in a closed environment, mm-hmm. intimately, you know, hugging, kissing, family, and for a long period, and it's that duration and the shedding, that's why you see the big spike. Interestingly enough, I just saw an article about when you're traveling in a car, and they think that some people, this also may have been a problem, one of the worst atmospheres for catching the virus they believe is in a car with the windows up they said they found that the displacement of the air if you even put the window down three inches was enough to protect you way more they were talking about how you could be in a room with someone who had it like a 10 by 10 room you have 100 square feet in which you may or may not run into their little droplets in a car what do you have maybe 10 12 square feet well, your husband drives big cars. Um, but isn't that also kind of the thinking behind planes? Yeah. That, you know, that air circulates as well. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's pressurized. So. Yeah. But see, that's, to me, this is like, this is science. Right. I like science. But yeah. the, science is not giving us all the answers. And no. so in that vacuum. Is these, fear. These conspiracy theories come in. Because we like to be in control and it's and it, and it's a natural thing we don't like to fly free form and so what we're trying to do is everything from hoarding toilet paper to um, trying to figure out where this came from and who did it to us yeah. and why they may have done it to us is all part of that nature of okay if I can just get this under control then I can make everything sort of normal again yeah um, um, I, I don't know how to pronounce this I never do because uh, I always I want to say epic Mm-hmm. But is it E P O C H? Is that epoch? Ep- epoch, epoch, epoch times. They did. No, this, I would say you would say epoch. They did a documentary movie, mm-hmm. and it is actually called the first documentary movie about COVID nineteen. One point six million views at least. Ah, uh, it is so well done. Is it? Have you seen it? Yes. Ah, very well researched. Where does it run? Everywhere, okay. I mean, they're doing. They are doing. They they are. They're an organization. They mm-hmm. they they have a job to do to get their word out. But uh, their whole their big theory is the the lab, the lab in Wuhan and the bat lady. Have you heard about the bat lady? Well, I certainly have heard about the the lab and the bats, but no, go ahead. Oh, Bat Lady. You okay. really need to know, because Bat Lady is a person. Right. Bat Lady admits she's a person. Bat Lady has studied the coronavirus. Oh, yeah. I did she's read Zheng yeah. Li. And uh, she, she says that it's a whole different, that everything they were studying in the lab were completely different viruses. Some she, people say she's right. Yeah. Other people say no in this publication and that publication. And that's what the documentary does is it, it lists these. It's like, remember uh, in your grad school days, a lit review where you had to do the lit review before you commenced on another layer. So it's this, maybe it's pseudo lit review. Maybe it's just dressed up to be lit review. But I, you know, I just, I can appreciate production value. Yeah. They at least put some production value in it. They had interviews, they have graphics. Yeah. And so you see something like that. 
And then, you know, I was like, wow, wow. You're watching it and you're thinking, why am I watching this? Then I can't stop watching this. And now uh, this uh, new study from uh, Pew Research, three in 10 Americans believe it was made in a lab. Well, I think that in the very early days when we were first hearing about it, before it really hit us very intensely, we were watching what was going on over there. And there was even in the press word that the Chinese government admitted that they had been working on on um, virus, the the viral but, but, transfer from animals to humans. But they have been. Right. Yeah. But but then they tried to deny that that's where that specific virus came And then they didn't help from. themselves right. by uh, not allowing other countries to send aid or help. Right. They didn't even let World Health Organization in right off the bat. Don't, sorry to use Hell. that word. But... Um, but then they did, and they certainly, I mean, China just this week, because of the U.S. Cut, cutting funding to World Health, um, gave them another $30 million to continue doing what they're doing. But um, I don't know. I mean, in fairness to science, in fairness to all of this, it's also new. I do think, though, we're going to have to go back and do a forensic study on all of it and see... How are we going to... We can't do that. Yeah. China's not going to let us do that. You know. Do you see the new ad? Hmm. By the way, if there are any grad schools, grad students that happen to be listening to this, mm-hmm. got a great master's thesis for you. Do a content analysis of the change in advertising. Some of these ads make you want to cry. They're I know. so good. Yeah. But no. some yeah. of them are so manipulative. Mm-hmm. There's one I'm not saying is either or, right. but it's, uh, it's all about science. And right. It's this great voice. Science does this. Science does this. Science will solve this. Right. And then I think, man, this is great. I like science. Yeah. I look at clouds all day. Science this fixes everything. Science is great. Yeah. Brought to you by... Pfizer. Yeah. So it's well, wait, there's, well some people hello, think there's another that's theory another about pharmaceuticals. Big Pharma has engineered uh, I I couldn't go I don't know. It's hard for me to go that far. Um I hear you, but I just think it's ridiculous for me at least to think of the idea that they would so destroy yeah, the economy because that, because that impacts ultimately them. destroys yeah. them. Right. But does that not feed the anti-vexers? Is that what oh, they call them? Yeah. Anti-vaxxers? Yeah, I'm sure. vexed. You're vexed about I'm, the I'm vaxxers? I'm anti-vexer. Well, that's They're... one of the things. They said um, there's, a, there's a lot of people who uh, believe that that if they you push some of these um, these theories and you start pushing the idea that maybe they created this, that this will prevent people from taking taking a vaccine if they think the illness was engineered by China or Bill Gates or somebody to lower world population, which is what some of them believe. That the idea was to create something that would specifically target people who have weaknesses in their elderly people and people who have other weaknesses. Well, that, and hasn't that been the case? I'm mm-hmm. not, now look, I'm not saying... Now, here again, I'm no, but I'm you know what the flu, the flu does but the same thing. People with pre-existing conditions are more susceptible to this sure. virus, but they're more susceptible to all viruses. You're right. You know, right. I mean, right. we haven't even we haven't even solved the common cold, which is a virus, right? Because it does it rarely kills people. But you look at the number of people that die of the flu, the regular flu every year, mm-hmm. and have it's it's horrendous, mm-hmm. and. Um, 
nobody's come up with anything to fight that because there's always been this sense of this sense that for the most part you get the flu you feel like crap for you know yeah. a few days then you get up and you go back and you get the vaccine each year but you only but, know that only 20 percent of but it is the reality is that the flu's been killing thousands and thousands of people thousands. year after year oh sure but yet oh, sure. we have not shut down the economy. We have not turned capitalism off. No, we don't even really talk about it very much. We I haven't. heard a theory uh, that coming from the West Coast that this is this is the uh, you know the Communist Party yeah. just wanting to turn off capitalism. Well, there you go. That's another one. There's a theory that this was engineered either by China to begin to control the world economy and to gain power, and um, and a lot of people think that that's exactly what's going on and there are even people who go out on a on a limb and believe that the that the democratic party has found that there's no way to fight trump as long as the economy is as healthy as it is or has been so the one thing they want is for this not to be quickly fixed in the in advance of the election because that makes him incredibly vulnerable because really, that's all he had going for him. And then doesn't this just bring it right back to... But that's kind of, I the, mean... The fulcrum of politics and how it turns political. Yes, but I mean, I think like a theory like that is kind of crazy because it's very hard for me to believe that the people in power are so stupid that they wouldn't... go to that length. Because you can't fix an economy that stays broken for seven, eight months. All of these small to medium-sized businesses... Everything falls apart. Mm -hmm. You have lost all your employees. You've lost your real estate. You've lost your supply chain. You don't rebuild from that. So it's very hard for me to believe that anybody who is even remotely interested in America's future and America's health would think like that, unless they don't get economy or they are interested in changing our politics to the degree that this would change it. Because there are a lot of people that think that if we don't get back up and running at some point, it's not going to be fixable. What should we do, Patty? I think we should take another sip of vodka. Well, true, I'll do that right now. But I'm... Well, I mean, if if, if people don't want to be... And again, this isn't... I don't want to use this kind of hyperbolic language if people don't want to be sucked in right to a conspiracy theory or if people don't want to you know they don't want to i I hate to say this i I want to say if people don't want to engage but i I think people need to engage they need to engage but how and it's hard what is engage without without panic well without and and i say that knowing increasingly hard to do i I know 26 million americans are out of work right now i've lost jobs i've lost you know money we've all lost money we've all i mean you know we're all eyeing the end of the month all of these bills that we have to pay or beginning or middle when you have to pay uh rent or you have to pay the mortgage or you got to pay for your car or you worry about you know we're all worried about our kids and their education like what happens next just colleges entering the uh, the workforce. Well, and that's what's really scary about this because it isn't, for a lot of people, they say, oh, big business is just worried about itself. Well, guess what? The one thing that will survive is most big business. They will find a way to survive, to get benefited, benefit from this by the government and keep themselves going. It is all the yeah. little businesses, the yeah. mom and pops. You know, talk to a guy who owns um, 12 restaurants around New Jersey the other day. He said, it's as if my 12 restaurants 
all caught on fire the same night yeah. and burned. Yeah. 700 people he had to let go. He had yeah. no way to pay them. Just interviewed a uh, uh, salon owner, his mm-hmm. salon, big salon over in Livingston. Right. Uh, 1,200 clients a week in wow. his salons. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. So his workers are all on unemployment. Bills keep coming in. What do you do? And well, they come back off unemployment because they're getting. Let's the- forget. Let's not forget though. Social distancing. Mm-hmm. They the the capacity in the salon cut in half. So in other words, you got to schedule the colorists and the cutters. Mm-hmm. So you go from a five. This is even when we week. do open when up. When we come again. back, it's yeah. now a seven day work week, and the shifts are longer. But only because you can't have people in there waiting in and out. You have to monitor the number of people that are in there so your volume goes down, like we're seeing in grocery stores. Right. So this is just now going to trickle in and permeate small businesses. So they'll be back, but it's going to be a huge struggle. An enormous cut in their their revenue. To not even break even. Which means that they can't bring as many people back as they'd like to to work. Right, right. So I'm saying... I mean, the, the reality of this thing is uh, uh, horrifying. What happens? I mean, it's going to be very interesting to watch. There are three states basically Ooh, who are reopening Georgia. Alaska, which doesn't, you know, Georgia's the main one yeah. where we're going to have to watch because they have Atlanta. They have, they have a higher number of cases and a higher mm-hmm. number of deaths. You have Oklahoma and you have um, Alaska, which had, you know, maybe nine deaths or something yeah. at, up to this point. Um, you have some opening in places like Texas. So we're going to have to keep an eye on them and see how that works for them because they're opening pretty much every business. I know that restaurants are going to be opening with limitations in Georgia. But um, another country interesting to watch is Sweden. Yes. Because Sweden said this on Friday or Thursday, Sweden said that within a few weeks, they're going to reach herd immunity, mm-hmm. which means, and they've had you know, no arguing with this. They've had a higher death toll there than in some of the surrounding countries in Scandinavia that have, you know, similar uh, populations. But when you reach herd immunity, which they say is about 60% on the low end, 85% on the upper end. That's what I heard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's a little onomatopoeia of synonyms. I'm immune to your humor. <laughs> when you reach that um, people don't have to worry so much about, about the second wave about the second wave about. because most people have immunity so you're just you're not going to have the opportunity yeah. to catch it yeah. as easily unless you have but then you talk about closing borders you're really going to have to close borders in countries that have herd immunity before they they're going to want to let anybody else in they're not going to let anybody in and they're going like to be what, what taking blood at the World border World War 1 where borders were open right. before uh, uh 1914 and temporary closures led to hard lines right right we uh, we were talking about a book that was written back oh i don't know what year it was written but this guy was an austrian um stefan zweig zweig what was the book the name of the book the world of yesterday. Yeah, and his yesterday was previous Pre-World to 1914. I wonder how many of our kids, their yesterday will be pre 
pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic, of course, because I mean, I don't know what, I mean, things have definitely changed and will they go back? They're not going to go back to the way they were. He was talking about how he could travel from country to country to country, you know, China, India, U.S., no Europe, no passport, never saw anybody with a passport. No. Then you had World War One, so they had to tighten things up and close borders. Then at the end of World War One, you had the Spanish flu in 1918, so it closed even more tightly. People were so frightened, and it never changed after that. And, and it's then only a gotten... worldwide depression, so everybody's sure. freaked out, like we're freaked out, right? And yeah. and we've only seen the increase in those those borders trying to prevent people from bringing whatever it is we were afraid they were bringing in, in. And um, and you do wonder, I mean, there are some people that believe there is an agenda there as well, that um, anytime you close something up temporarily, that that really is the end of it as we knew it. And that could be the same thing. They could continue. We could continue to have limits on how many people can come into a store at once, how many people can work. A lot of people are saying, look, if we want to get the economy up and running, you limit, as you were just saying, you limit it to half your workforce or a third your workforce, and you stagger them and you make them come in. And and would that ever end? Would there be a point at which that would end? Because, yeah, we may find, we may reach herd immunity for this particular illness. Are we going to do this every time? Or are we just going to continue to do it so that we prevent pandemics from coming back and getting us? Or, or would that work? I don't know. Was this supposed to cheer me up, Patty? I'm um, like so freaked see, what can out we now. Talk about, what can we talk about oh. to cheer us up? I don't have anything. <laughs> I've got nothing cheerful to say to you. I know this is off topic, but you know the weirdest thing? What? Is I get these waves of, you know, you're you're supposed to focus on hope and you're fo- supposed to, yeah. you know, and, and I try to. Yeah, I do too. You know, try to sleep. I'm a hopeful person. Try to exercise, yeah. try to, you know, I have my faith and I, I call on that a lot. Yeah. But every now and then I'll, I'll sit and, and uh, I was watching a Richard Gere movie. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was about, it was called Arbitrage. Interesting, mm-hmm. you know, big fun. Yeah, yeah right, right, money. sure. And the the final scene is a uh, uh, a fundraiser for a uh, I think a cancer wing at a hospital, something okay. like that. And I'm thinking, I get lost in this is in the plot, but then I recall all these great organizations that I've been able to raise money with, you know, be as a master ceremony. Or oh, as a I know guest. you do so much of that. Yeah, but you too, too. And you know, maybe, yeah. maybe you know, hey, we had, we made thirty thousand bucks tonight. Hey, we made four million dollars tonight. Everybody was in tuxedos and it was hugging and kissing. And and then I'm thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute, is that ever going to come back? Yeah. Are we ever? I know. Going to get to that point? I know. I miss hugs. It's terrible. And I miss opportunities to like interact or even help people to share to share i know i worry about that i i um went to hug my daughter the other day and she and i are really close we're like best best friends went to hug her the other day and she was like mom i don't know that that's smart well i did hug i I did (laughs) hug my daughter yeah i hugged my wife yeah but i'm not as like yeah i don't know i don't want to have to think about that i don't want to have to i used to hug and you're going to laugh at me. Maybe, maybe you won't. I used to hug the produce manager at Whole Foods. Because well, I've known a him. Little cre- yeah. That's a little creepy. <laughs> it's not creepy. He's a sweet man. Known him for years. And every once in a while, you know, I wouldn't have seen him for a while. And I was like, oh, hi. And you give him a little quick hug, you know. I, no. That's Is that goodbye is with that, that? Is that ever gone? Ever coming back. 
Yeah, and I think that we as human beings, I mean, look, don't we all notice that right now? Oh my god. We're all I I am not a depressed person, but I find myself falling into it and I realize it is that lack of touch and human warmth. And yes, I have some in my house, but I go to work and like the guys at the front desk in the morning I stop and say hi and on my way out and talk about things don't get to do that right now and God knows when I will people in the hallway at work and and there is and there and there's a divide between us because some of us feel like wow we really want to go back to it others are like we we got to want to go back we've got to be done with that you know, so I guess to circle this all back around, uh, a friend of mine to uh, the vodka is she's losing. She may have to lose her house. Yeah, she oh. she's got three kids, two in college and one heading into college. Right. So this so the talk as, goes from such that as college is at to this that, point. and she's in our business, which our business is decimated by this. Right. So you can see why people gravitate to conspiracy theories. Well, or again. or I'd like to just say. To theories, people want answers. Right. People want to know something. Hey, did you hear this? Right. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Because if any of those are correct, it begins to put the pieces of the puzzle together, and we believe we'll end this sooner. Yeah. But God knows if that's actually the case. Uh, well, I feel like I should go wash my hands or something. Yeah. <laughs> Or gargle. Yeah. <laughs> Here, this. let's gargle. Mm. Yeah, oh my mm. goodness, yes. What well, 70% alcohol, right? Ah. <laughs> well, I don't think it's that high, but <laughs> we'll pretend. <laughs> Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.